It is not a faith issue for us to receive the things of God. It's unbelief. When people are prayed for and we don't immediately receive, we think, I must not have had enough faith. Something's wrong with me. I must have not have done something right. That's a misconception. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17, and let's, let's see what Jesus says about it, because he's our measure for everything. Jesus is answering in this verse, in uh, verse 19, he's answering the disciples. Um, they had asked why, that they, why could they not cast out a demon that, uh, um, from a little boy? And let's see what Jesus said. He said, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus didn't say anything about faith, did he? He said it was their unbelief. That was why that he couldn't that they couldn't cast out that demon. Jesus said all it takes is a mustard size seed of faith. That's just a measurement. He's trying to show us we do not have to be giants Amen. to receive from him. That's small. Of a, of a size. That's not a whole lot. A lot of times when we see people receive, they think, oh man, they must have amazing faith. Jesus said, we don't need that. It's not necessary to receive. So I praise God for that because it's not impossible for us to have a mustard sized seed type of faith on the inside of us. Now the disciples' unbelief in this instance was not dis. Belief. There's a difference. Disbelief or unbelief. Most of us, I would venture to say here, if not all of us, believe. There's no doubt in your mind that God can heal. You do not disbelieve that God can heal. But where the unbelief comes in is, is God going to come through for me? I believe that God can heal. I've prayed with people, and I believe. I know that I believe that God heals. And I don't doubt that for one second. They do believe. They didn't believe, just like you, if you didn't believe, you wouldn't be here today. They wouldn't be coming up in healing lines to have hands laid on them if they disbelieved. But there's... Doubt and unbelief that God may not come through for me. That's called a hardening of heart. Cindy has talked about that. Let's go over the definition of a hardened heart. It's cold, unfeeling, calloused, unyielding, or insensitive to. The disciples became so sensitive to the natural world and its limitations and the circumstances that they were overwhelmed by their five senses. When our hearts become insensitive to what God says, so much that you believe more of what you see, feel, hear, taste, or touch, that's a problem. You're not going to receive by faith. It doesn't work that way. We need to have pure faith that doesn't have anything contradicting, counteracting, or anything negating our faith. We're not taught to deal with the unbelief. We're taught more to focus on our faith. Just if I can get more faith, if I can get more faith. And again, I want to reassure you, there's nothing wrong Amen. with the amount of faith 
that's on the inside of your born-again spirit. Let's look at Romans 10, chapters, or Romans 10, verse 17. Again, we've used this scripture. I've loved this because we've all kind of overlapped, but the Holy Spirit is trying to get something across to us that there's a, a theme here um, that, that we all need to hear. So I praise God for that. Okay, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, Tom had mentioned that hearing, hearing, it's meant to be a repetition. We don't just hear the word of God one time and say, I am proficient in faith. I'm a faith giant. It doesn't work that way. Bible tells us that we need to keep the word of God in our eyes and in our ears. We need to meditate on it. God knows. He knew what was going to go on in this earth. He knew that there's going to be anti-Christ things going on that is going to try to sway us and get us out of believing God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And it goes on and on and on. Tom and I still do healing scriptures. We love to sit and hear Cindy teach about healing. We continue to renew our mind about healing. We don't want to let that go. Because what you're replacing with is going to be sometimes not good for us. There's a lot of stuff in this world and TV and whatever that will distract us from the things of God. We got to keep this in our eyes and in our ears. I also want to point out um, that the word for God there is Christos. It's by hearing about Jesus. Christos is Christ. When we hear about Jesus and all that Jesus has accomplished for us, your faith is going to grow. When you understand the power and authority that he has left you here as a born-again child of God, that is going to strengthen you and encourage you. So it's hearing about Jesus, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing about Jesus. In other words, faith comes when we focus all of our attention on Jesus, who is the word, amen, So when we focus on that, that's when faith is allowed to rise, when faith is allowed to strengthen. Now, unbelief is going to come the same exact way, but in the opposite direction. Unbelief comes when we focus our attention on other things than the word of God and Jesus. Well, what could that be? Hmm. Doctor's reports. We consider those, all the negative things that they have to say, anti-God things that they're telling you. When we go to others, ask for their opinion, what do you think I should do? Letting other people give their opinion, and chances are they're not going to be based on the word of God. So it's going to cause confusion. It's going to be more things that you're going to be thinking about. They're going to tell you, oh, I knew so-and-so, and and they were battling the same thing, and this is what happened to them. You don't need to hear that. That's That's right. You go to the Internet. Don't do that. (laughs) Please. Whatever the doctor has told you, that's going to be more than enough that you need to hear. That's what you need to stop at. Internet is only going to tell you more bad news. More things that you're going to consider other than Jesus. And the other thing that unbelief is allowed to enter in is by our experiences. That's a really huge one. (laughs) Most of us have heard of people that were believing God for healing and it didn't happen. They may have even passed. But they were believing God. 
They were godly people. If it didn't happen for them, then I don't know about me. That doesn't line up with God's word, though. Just because the evidence of healing did not manifest for somebody else does not mean that God didn't want them well. You do not know what people battle. I can stand up here and I can tell you that everything is awesome. What's that song? Everything is awesome. (laughs) And you're going to believe me. I'm going to tell you I'm believing God. But when I go to bed at night, you don't know the fear that I have in my heart. When I'm away from you, you don't know the words that I'm speaking. I can say everything totally right in front of you. And you're going to think, man, she believes God. But you're not with me 24-7. You have no idea what I'm saying. There's a lot of circumstances. When we look at, at that situation where we think people are believing God and it didn't happen for them, that still does not mean that God's word is not true. God's word has been settled in heaven from the foundations of the earth forever, I think the Bible says in in Proverbs. It's not going to change. Why? Because it's truth. So just because you've known somebody that didn't receive does not mean that God doesn't want you well. His word has not changed. The finished work of Jesus Christ has not changed. By the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. Amen. So those are some of the ways that unbelief can come in. And it causes us to consider it. Let's read the definition of consider. To take in to ponder, to study it, to examine it, to meditate on it. When you do any of these, you consider any of these negative things, they will, as sure as I am standing here in front of you today, will negate your faith. It will make your faith ineffective. So the key is learning how to decrease the unbelief so that our faith can increase. Our faith, which only has to be a size of a mustard seed, small, will be able to rise. Many times, now we heard by hearing the word of God, many times believers will spend time in the word, extra time. They'll get up an hour early so that they can spend time with God, spend time in his word, and that's awesome. We need to do that, especially when you're battling something. You need to spend more time with your father. You need to spend more time in the word, absolutely. But don't leave it there. Take it with you when you go into your work world, when you go wherever you're going. Don't leave it when you spent that extra time. Because during the day, I guarantee you, there will be thoughts, there will be attitudes, there will be concepts that you're going to be facing that go completely contrary to what you've been believing God for. That extra time that you've been spending to renew your mind, that God says that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus or whatever scripture that you're believing for, God for something to come to manifest into your life, whatever it is, you need to be speaking that when those things come contrary to you. Don't leave it at home in that special chair that you have for God, that time that you spend with him. He goes with you. Take his word with you. Speak it. Think about it. Meditate on it. You know, I work full time, and I can choose what I want to think about. I could be totally consumed with work. I've done it. I know we have all done it. 
where God doesn't even come across your mind because you're so focused on a project or whatever it is that we're doing. We can make a choice of what we're thinking. Don't forget what you started your day with, what you went to bed with. Let it be on your lips. Let it be on your mind as much as you possibly can. Praise and worship and thanking him that God is true and faithful. That's how we're going to get pure faith, the Bible kind of faith. The faith that when we read the word about Abraham and all the other saints of God that went before us, if we want to see that, we have to be that drastic about it. This isn't a game that we're playing. The enemy has been defeated, absolutely. He has no power over you than what you will allow to give him. But when we feed our minds with other things, we allow other things to come in that are contrary to God, your faith is not going to be pure. It's going to be distorted, and it's going to cause fear, doubt, and unbelief. We have to have pure faith that isn't counterbalanced by anything else. Let's look at James um, chapter 1, verse 6, please. 6 through 8, actually. But let him ask in faith... With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let, him, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Do you ever wonder why you're here one day when you hear the word, you leave here, you feel just like you're invincible? In a day or two, you're down here in the valley. And then you hear the word again and you're encouraged. That's being tossed to and fro. What that means is you're letting other things come in that is negating your faith. That's allowing the unbelief to come in. Lord says, you're not going to receive anything. It's not that he's withholding it. It has nothing to do with him. It has to do with us. We can't be double-minded. God will come through for you. He is faithful and he is true. And if it's already been done... Like Cindy has said, the hard work is done already. We just have to believe it and receive it. We have to be mindful of what we're hearing, what we're allowing in our eye gates at all times. Do not let your defense go down. Be aware of the stuff that come up against you in your everyday life. Well-meaning people who love you will ask you, how are you doing? What did the doctor say? Oh my goodness, are you, aren't you worried about that? Oh my goodness, if that was me, I'd be really worried. All of those things, be aware, they love you, but they don't know what they're doing. They don't know the difference of faith and unbelief. When you're trying to live by faith, you need to be aware of things coming at you. <laughs> and you have to be ready to, to say, mm -mm, I am well. God's taking good care of me. Thank you. I appreciate your love, but all is well. Now, faith and unbelief can exist at the same time. A lot of people think I'm either just in faith or I'm in unbelief, but that's not true. You believe God. You believe what Jesus did. I know you do. 
And even for some of us, when we say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, there's still a little something on the inside of you that says, really? You still feel this. Don't let that move you. It's a lie of the devil. You are healed. You are whole. You are well. And it has nothing to do with you. I don't care how perfect or imperfect you are. I don't care how many times you read the Bible a day or if you don't read it at all. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ and him crucified. The finished work has been done. We do not have to doubt that. If you believe that your sins have been forgiven, Jesus said, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. It's all true or none of it's true. We can't pick and choose this gospel. If we want to be powerful, effective believers, we got to believe it all, or you may as well just push it aside. You can't live by faith and just pick and choose what you want to believe. It doesn't work that way. All or nothing. We're in this as a lifestyle. This is who we are now in Christ Jesus. It's not I'm rubbing this little genie lamp because I want to get healed so I can go back and do what I want to do, live my life the way that I want to live. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, sometimes people get healed. There was a gentleman that um, Tom and I prayed for uh, years ago. He was diagnosed with um, mouth cancer. He came to the healing meetings. We found out what he wanted to believe God for. He wanted to believe God for, um, they they wanted to do surgery and that everything was going to go well with that and that the doctor's hands were going to be guided and everything from the surgery, he was going to heal fine. So that's what we prayed and we believed God for. He got exactly that. The doctor did the surgery. He said it was clean. They didn't even think he needed treatment, that they just removed that growth that was in his mouth. And we were praising God and thanking God. Well, he stopped coming to the healing meetings. Didn't see him in church very much. He was busy with work. He was busy doing other things. He even told us, Later, that he really even kind of stopped reading the word. He went back to life as usual. Just fix me, God, so I can go back and do what I want to do. That doesn't work that way. Not that God takes your healing away. He does not do that. But fear, doubt, and unbelief comes in. And it allows the enemy to start messing with your mind again. And then you start thinking ungodly, antichrist thoughts. And it came back on this man with a vengeance. His tongue was like, he hardly had a tongue. They had to remove so much. They did chemo and radiation and nothing was working. We went and prayed with him and his wife, and we uh, took communion so we could receive communion. And as we're talking and declaring God's goodness, and he says, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve God's goodness. He felt condemned because he stopped going to church or stopped reading the word. We begged him, that's a lie. Don't believe that. And he didn't. He passed. So these antichrist thoughts that come against you, you say, Fran, they're so hard. How do you get rid of them? We have a choice of what we think. We have a choice of what we're going to meditate on and consider. I'd like to do a little exercise here right now to prove this. If we could just all close our eyes right now. And I want you to think of a dog. 
I want you to think of a dog that's brown. I want you to think of a dog that's brown and big. It's a big brown dog. I want you to think of this big brown dog and he has a white spot on his chest. Now I want you to stop and say your name and your address right now. Say it right now. Say your name and your address right now. What happened to the big brown dog? It was gone. You made a choice to listen to what I asked you to do, but you did it, and that brown dog disappeared. Those thoughts that are anti-Christ, that are causing unbelief in your life, that bad report that you keep focusing on and meditating on and wondering why it's not changing, don't think on those things. That's not the truth of God's word. You have a choice of what you choose to think about. It may not be easy the first 10 times you try to get those anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Jesus thoughts out. But I guarantee you, if you keep replacing it with the word of God, it will go. And it will become easier. And it will not be difficult for the word of God to be rolling off of your mouth. But it's a choice. We have to choose. Don't consider the lies, the deceptions of the enemy, the things that he tries to put in your mind or in your path to distract you from Jesus. He knows Jesus has power. He knows if we get that revelation of what Jesus has done for us, we're going to get what we're praying for. Because faith works. That's how we connect. God said, use faith. That's why it pleases God so much. Because he wants us to use that to receive the good things that he has for us. It's in our spirits But we have to bring it out. We believe it, but we got to bring it out and we got to speak it. And we speak it because we believe it. Not because I'm telling you, but because you believe it as well. We have to keep our mind stayed on Jesus. Bible says our mind stayed on him will keep us in perfect peace. You're not going to be doing this. You will not. Let's look at Abraham. We've talked about Abraham a couple times in, in these last couple days. Abraham's a good example. Because all of these natural circumstances in this world, because we're so um, five-sensed oriented, that's how we're raised. From the time we're a baby, oh, look at this. Oh, feel this. Ooh, this is good. Taste this. We're taught all of these five senses to depend on them. But let's look at Abraham. Let's look at Romans chapter 4. Who, contrary to hope, and that word hope there is a natural hope, in hope, That's the confident expectation of something awesome and joyous and good. Believed that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through what? But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. What was Abraham's attention on? God's promise. He could have very well said, hey, I'm 100 years old. 
My wife's 99. She couldn't even bear children when we were first married and she was young. That's a natural circumstance. His focus was on the promise of God. We cannot consider every negative thing that looks contrary to God's promise and then try to use our faith to overcome the fear and unbelief that comes through those thoughts. What are you thinking? What are you considering? Faith is not hard if we have pure faith, if we fully trust the promise of God. And if you notice, um, in these scriptures, it talked about weak faith and strong faith. Didn't say anything about no faith. Didn't say anything about more faith. But if you have unbelief, you will have weak faith. And the more unbelief that you have in it, the weaker your faith is. If you believe God... Take those thoughts captive that are contrary. Your body may be screaming in pain. And I'm not denying that this stuff is real. I am not. But I am telling you God and his word and the finished work of Jesus Christ is more real than what you're experiencing in this natural. The thing that made Abraham strong in faith was the fact that he kept his mind, stayed on God's promises. Kept his mind off the natural circumstances. Don't dwell on reasons why maybe you don't deserve God's goodness. Don't disqualify yourself. God sent his only son the most precious thing that he could ever do was give his son to die. If he gave that, there is nothing, nothing that he will withhold from you. Amen. We can trust him. Amen. We can trust him. And as we spend time hearing about Jesus and what Jesus has accomplished for us, our faith will, will be allowed to strengthen. Fear, doubt, and unbelief will be less and less. Now, I'm not saying that there won't be thoughts that try to come. There will be. But don't let it stay there. The second that it comes in, the second you deny that it has power. You speak the word of God. You're not going to get healed. That's a lie. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I rebuke this thought in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you are faithful to your word. I give you praise and honor and glory for who you are. What did, what did Abraham do? He gave glory to God and it strengthened his faith. Praise and worship is huge in battling anything. It exalts Jesus and it pushes down the things that are in this natural. Let's look at Hebrews 11, 11, please. Let's see what Sarah did. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because... She judged him faithful who had promised. Are you judging him faithful? Our God is faithful. Even when we're not faithful. What we consider and meditate and ponder on can make us strong or weak in faith. Now, this is a very simple statement I'm going to make here, but I thought it was pretty profound, but it's true. If we don't consider thoughts of unbelief, we cannot be tempted 
to unbelief. Don't let those thoughts stay there. Replace it with what God says. Amen. Where we get into trouble and fear and unbelief is we just let it stay. We let it stay and we kind of think about it some more. And we meditate on it some more. And what if? And what if? And what if? What am I going to do if this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen? We got to stay away from those thoughts. Stop considering the anti-God, anti-Christ thoughts that come in or try to. We can stop that. Now I want to talk about three types of unbelief tonight. The first one is ignorance. There are people that just don't know that God wants them well. They've never heard it taught. They've never heard the word of God taught that Jesus bore stripes so that they can be healed. They just don't know. And that's a very easy kind of unbelief to correct because we just show them in God's word the truth. And they're going to receive it. They'll just soak it up as a sponge. The second kind of unbelief is wrong doctrine. They've been taught things that weren't correct. They've been taught things like God doesn't heal today because it's based on man's opinion. We've talked about this, how how people think God's trying to teach them something. God teaches with his word and with the Holy Spirit for his children. He's not harsh. He's not going to say, I'm going to put this on you until you get what I want you to understand. That's not who our Father is. They'll say, God is sovereign. We just don't understand and we just don't know his ways. That's not true. We do know his ways. We have his word. We have Jesus to look at. And how he went around healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. Amen. Amen. All. So none of those are true. And this kind of unbelief is a little bit more difficult. But if people are willing to be teachable. And to listen and allow the Holy Spirit to work in them. When we show them in the word. They'll be able to receive that. But the third kind of unbelief is what I've been basically talking about. It's natural unbelief. It's the human five senses kind. This is the kind of unbelief that comes from natural information that's contrary to God's word. The pain in your body. The doctor's diagnosis. The bill that needs to pay that you don't have enough money. Whatever it is. It's screaming contrary to what God's word says. If you pray for your body to quit hurting, yet you still feel pain, your body's going to give you thoughts of natural unbelief. Well, I guess this didn't work. I prayed and it didn't work. That's not truth. I True, yeah, yes, fact, you have pain. I'm not denying that. But it doesn't have a right to be there. Because you are already healed. That's something that we have to understand. We can't let our five senses say, I'll be healed when... When I, get, when I see it, when I get the doctor's report... When this happens or that happens, that's not faith. Now, five senses are good. God gave us five senses. We need them for this natural world. If I was going to drive you in a car today for wherever, I don't know wherever we're going to go, go out to lunch. 
I'm driving and you're sitting next to me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to drive this car by faith. I'm just going to step on the gas and Jesus, get us to the restaurant. Hallelujah. You're going to be wanting to get out of that car really fast. (laughs) You want my hands on the wheel. You want my eyes open so I can see the road. You want my ears listening for what is around in my surroundings. So we need those five senses. God gave them to us. Now, I'm not in unbelief, am I? It's not a bad thing. And it's not wrong for me to use my five senses in that natural circumstance. But if I knew God has spoken something to me by his word or by the Holy Spirit and my physical, te- physical senses are telling me something contrary, I need to stop and say, oh no, and I'm going to push through my five senses. Those things that are going to try to come upon you, it's not going to work. What makes you think you deserve God's healing? You're not worthy. Look at the lifestyle you lived. You think you're something? What if God doesn't come through for you? What are you going to do then? You're going to look foolish telling everybody you're believing God. We can't let those thoughts stay. And they're going to want to come because your flesh speaks loud a lot and it likes the attention. But it does not have to have control. Your spirit is the most powerful part of you that has been regenerated and renewed on the inside of you. We need to plug into that. We have to be able to go beyond our five senses. Now let's go back to um, Matthew 17, please. We're going to talk about this account. I started with the last verse, um, verse 20. But we're going to read the account now and we're going to see why the disciples had such a difficult time. Let's start with verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord... Have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. There's a key word there. For he often falls into the fire and often the water. So I brought him to our disciples, but they couldn't cure, but I brought them to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. Now, the disciples have already seen demons cast out. They've already done it. They've already prayed for people that were already healed. So it wasn't new to them to do this. But I believe because the child was reacting in such a violent way that what they were praying for, the child was acting totally contrary to what they were praying for. And they allowed their natural unbelief to say, well, this isn't working. Because the child was acting out. Displaying things that they may not have seen before. And what they were praying for wasn't coming to pass or it didn't look like it. They considered the natural and it negated their faith. That's why Jesus said they couldn't cast out that demon from that little boy. They became became more sensitive to the circumstance. They became more sensitive to what they saw rather than what they knew the truth was 
I've prayed for people before and they were healed. I've cast out demons before because Jesus gave me that power. This needs to go. In Luke chapter 8, um, there's an account of Jairus um, who came to Jesus and he fell at Jesus' feet. He had a 12-year-old daughter who was dying and he said, Jesus, please come to my house, lay your hands on my daughter and heal her. Now he had faith, otherwise he wouldn't have come to Jesus. Jesus was going. And then there was that precious lady with the issue of the blood, with, with blood, that was coming up behind, pressing through. If I can only touch Jesus' garment, I will be healed. Pure faith. Despite her circumstances, despite the crowd, despite how she fell, I'm sure she was very weak. You lose that much blood for 12 years. To push through the throng of the crowd. But she said, if I can only touch, I will be healed. Pure faith. Now let's look at verse um, 48, please, of Luke. Jesus said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And while all this was going on, In verse 49, it says, While he was still speaking, someone came from Jairus' house and said, Your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master. Don't trouble the teacher. That's a big, big unbelief that's coming. But Jesus, if you would have left, if you wouldn't have stopped, you could have been to my house and she would have been healed. I'm sure that's exactly what he was thinking. But look at what our Jesus said. Verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he heard the news about this little girl who died. He answered Jairus. Now, Jairus probably didn't say anything. But Jesus knew thoughts of unbelief were coming because what did he say? Do not be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. Faith and unbelief can exist at the same time. You can have temptations to where it looks like healing isn't happening. He's telling you tonight, only believe. There's a moment of choice that we, every one of us face. Do I push past these five senses and declare with every fiber in my being, I believe what the word says. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I know speaking the word of God and the name of Jesus in faith will change my circumstances. I know I am healed. No matter what is going around you, you have to get to that point. The word of God is more real to you than the physical circumstances. If you do not push through that, your five senses are going to rule you. It will negate your faith. Fear and unbelief is going to start again. And here we go back in that pattern. We need to get to the place that we listen to what faith has to say more than what the natural circumstances have to say. When we can do this, our faith will be strong. Unbelief will be almost zero, if not totally gone. Let's look at Romans 12, please. I had started this, this session out with there's nothing wrong with your faith. Because I got good news for you. It's not your faith. <laughs> Jesus has foolproofed this for us, folks. This is the most easiest thing if we don't 
complicate it with all the junk and religion that we try to make it out to be. He's taking care of everything for us. Romans 12, 3 says, God has given to every man the measure of faith. You have God's faith on the inside of you. As a born-again child of God, you're not working with your natural human faith. You have faith in the natural. You came in here and you sat down in these chairs. You didn't doubt for one second that chair is going to hold me up. That is a natural faith. But I am telling you, you have God's faith on the inside of you. Every one of us has been given the same faith that Jesus had. We have been given the exact same amount and the quality of faith that Jesus had when he walked here on this earth. And look what Jesus did. Amen. You and I aren't any different. We have the precious Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We have been equipped with the word of God. We have everything we need to be successful in this life, in this faith walk on this earth. You and I do not have a faith problem. Glory to God. Stop feeding unbelief. Feed on the God, God's word. Remind yourself how loved you are. Remind yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the word says about you. Remind yourself that it says that you are holy and acceptable unto God. And you can't mess that up. We make mistakes, but it's not held against us. Glory to God. Let's be a body that trusts our Father who loves us who's provided everything we need through the cross. Healing belongs to you and I. It's ours. Trust him. How do I trust him? Spend more time with him. Tom and I started dating almost 32 years ago this month. (laughs) We spent time with each other to get to know each other. That was the only way that this relationship was going to go anywhere. And over time, we knew each other. We can think the same things. I can, we can finish each other's thoughts. But we know each other. We're intimate with each other. But we spend time with each other. We need to do that with our Father. He loves us so much. Be single-minded, not double-minded. He loves us. He's provided everything that we need. He's our everything. Praise God. Hallelujah.